0: Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Nearly six out of ten people asked in a poll this month say both of the likely nominees in the presidential election are too old to serve another term. Age is often associated with concerns over stamina and declining health, not least of which is mental alertness and memory. Many Native American cultures place a high value on elders and the wisdom they impart. Can that perspective add insights into age and the working world? We'll talk about it after the news.
1: The trial of Brian Smith, a man accused in the murders of two Alaska Native women, resumed Tuesday in Anchorage. Last week, jurors saw cell phone videos of the murder of 30-year-old Kathleen Joe Henry and heard Smith admit to police that he killed another woman, 52-year-old Veronica Abalchuk. As the trial got underway two weeks ago, the prosecutor apologized to the jury for the horrific images they would see that might live on in their heads long after the trial. And for those who are not in the courtroom, KMBA's Rhonda McBride looks at why this trial could, for some, awaken old traumas. A warning, the details of this story are graphic and disturbing, and include an offensive term.
2: Advocates for missing and murdered indigenous people say the Brian Smith case is part of an ongoing pattern made worse by historical trauma.
3: I hope ultimately that we as a, as a state and we as a community do a better job of respecting all human lives.
2: Like many Alaska natives, Michael Livingston has been following the Brian Smith trial, which is being covered in the newspapers, local television, and streamed live on Court TV. Last week, the courtroom was rearranged so that the TV monitors faced away from the gallery so only the jury, Brian Smith, and those involved in the trial could watch the last moments of Kathleen Jo Henry's life, which Smith is accused of recording on his cell phone. Everyone else in the courtroom could hear the sounds of Henry being tormented and taunted in a Midtown hotel room as she lay dying. The title of my presentation this morning is Serial Killers in Alaska. It's a presentation that Michael Livingston gave on Zoom last week about the connection between modern serial killings and Alaska's long history of dehumanizing indigenous peoples, which he traces back to the late 1700s, when the Russians, in hot pursuit of the fur trade, enslaved or killed the Unangak people in the Aleutian chain. Livingston says the Russians called native people savages, as did the colonists who followed them. And savage is a code word for, for non human beings. He says serial killers today capitalize on society's lack of caring for the most vulnerable among us. That's wrong thinking. Livingston says the Brian Smith murder trial is a chance for all of us to do some soul-searching, not just about the women in this case, but their many sisters who have also suffered at the hands of other perpetrators. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride.
1: Livingston recommends people call 988, a crisis line if details from the story or any other MMIP case reawakens trauma. Principal chief of the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma, Chuck Hoskin Jr. says he's heartbroken over the death of Nex Benedict, a student who died earlier this month. The 16-year-old's mother told The Independent Nex was being bullied over their gender identity and died a day after a fight at school. In a statement Tuesday, Hoskin called the death a tragedy and has asked Cherokee marshals to support in the investigation into the death. Hoskin stated the Cherokee Nation database has no indication Nex was a citizen of the tribe, but said Nex was a child living within the reservation and deserved love, support, and to be kept safe. The investigation is ongoing. The Catawba Nation has reacquired 32 acres of land in Lancaster, South Carolina. According to the tribe, the land was given back by the state. The tribe plans to seek land into trust by the federal government. It's located near the reservation and is sacred and home to a historic village site. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
4: National Native News is produced by Kewanik Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the American Indian College Fund, providing millions of dollars of scholarships to Native students every year. Applications are accepted through May 31st at collegefund.org or by phone at 800-766-FUND.
0: This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Joe Biden is the oldest person to serve as President of the United States. If Donald Trump is reelected, he would be the second oldest. Questions about stamina and mental fitness are now part of conversations about how old is too old to be an effective leader. Critics on both sides point out each candidate's verbal slips, blunders, and perceived confusion in public appearances. But the belief that age is a hindrance to job performance can vary by culture. Traditionally, Native people share a deep respect for elders. We also might have very different perceptions of aging, death, and dying than mainstream society. Today on our show, we'll talk about Native views on aging. We also want to hear your thoughts on age. Are you an elder? Join us with comments or questions at 1-800-996-2848. You can also comment on our website and social media pages. Joining us now from the Rosebud Sioux Reservation in South Dakota is O.J. Siemens. He is a co-executive director of Four Directions Vote. He is Rosebud Sioux. Hello, O.J., and welcome back to the show.
5: Well, Sean, first of all, thank you for uh, having me back. It's always an honor to be a part of this show, so thank you.
0: You bet, O.J. In stores, Connecticut, we have Dr. Sandy Grande. She is a professor of political science and Native American and Indigenous Studies at the University of Connecticut. She is Quechua. Hi, Sandy. Welcome back to you, too.
6: Hi, Sean. It's always lovely to be on this program, and hello to also um, our other guests.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is David Baldridge. He is the co-founder and executive director of the International Association of Indigenous Aging, and he is a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. Welcome back, Dave. Good to have you on the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. And from Oklahoma, we have Billy Tohey. She is the acting executive director of the National Indian Council on Aging, and she is also an elder and Oto, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Billy. Good to have you.
7: Thank you, Sean. I'm really honored that, that, for the invitation, and I'm uh, very honored to be with such an esteemed panel. So thank you for having me.
0: You bet, Billy. And uh, I'm excited, too, uh, this conversation and this whole debate over the age of the two leading presidential candidates. It's really reached a fever pitch. O.J., I want to start with you. How much of a deciding factor do you predict age will ultimately play in the November election?
5: I, I honestly think in Indian country, it's not going to uh, play a factor as much as age as what their commitment is to Indian country. Well, it's
0: interesting because both, you know, both of these candidates, Biden and Trump, they've been scrutinized for their age. And, and, and Biden especially, he's faced a lot of these questions about cognitive abilities. And do you think any of these questions are valid? I mean, we've all seen the videos where he, see, you know, kind of seems to, to lose his orientation. He stumbles badly. Okay, we're going to go ahead and go on to Sandy. We just uh, Sandy, what are your thoughts on that with regard to the? I'm going to ask you that question instead of OJ. We're going to get him back on the line.
6: Sure. Um, I mean, in terms of just aging generally, there is uh, a correlation with age. I think the statistic I'm most aware of is one out of every 10 adults age 65 and older will have some form of dementia and gets higher with age. So I mean, I think you can conjecture that both men are at risk. Um, But I think the blanket accusation and the jokes are ageist at the same time. Because if one in 10 adults uh, are at risk for having dementia or have dementia, it also means nine out of 10 don't. Um, So just jumping to conclusions about what's causing what we're seeing, I think, is an underlying, a different underlying issue. And I would argue that aging in America is often and sometimes only perceived as a problem, if not a crisis. Um, And I definitely think there's other questions to ask, namely, what are the conditions for leadership that are appropriate? Um, And I can talk more about that, but also curious about um, what our other guests have to say.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Andy. And OJ, I want to go back to you because a lot of people are saying, you know, sure, that, you know, we need to be be fair and, and objective, but at the same time, shouldn't a person holding the presidential office face more scrutiny than someone else? Like, I mean, is that fair? Is it a fair question to ask? And is, is it a fair thing to think about? Nope. Oh, I guess we're still struggling a little bit with OJ there. <laughs> I'm going to go Fine back. Here oh okay go can ahead OJ. sorry yeah yeah i can oh, hear okay. you oj
5: well you know i i guess we're looking at it way different than most of the united states is in, in fact that growing up we're, we're taught two things first of all we're taught to listen second we're taught taught how to speak to individuals and so when you're out there and you're speaking if you're actually listening to what the, the speaker is trying to communicate to you, you're going to not pay attention to the mistakes that were made during that time. You're going to pay attention to the overall remarks that are going to move you one way or the other. Um, if, if I can tell you, in any country, a lot of things happen not through having lectures or anything else, but through storytelling. and. I had a real dear friend, Faith Spotted Eagle, uh, who told me one time that she asked an elder, how do you become an elder? And the elder told her, when you sit there and you're talking to the people and they're listening to you and they're watching your every move and you, you know that, that they are paying attention. And space asked her, he said, well, what if they don't? I said, well, then you're just old. And that's what this comes down to is is how that person communicates, whether or not they have that wisdom uh, to to lead or whether or not, like we said, we, we just get old.
0: Okay, O.J., that's a, I mean, that's an interesting thought. And I want to build on that because you use the word wisdom. And, and aside from just some of these arguments about, oh, they're old, they've lost cognitive ability. There's also some people that will say, well, some of these, like, in, I mean, almost 20 members of the U.S. Congress, aside from the presidency, 20 members of the Congress are 80 or older. And there's some people that just say, look, some of these people, you know, they're just out of touch with regard to the needs of younger voters. I mean, do you think there's any of that sentiment in Indian country as well?
5: Yeah, uh, and again, it goes to that, uh, where you're at in uh, what what your congressional leaders are are doing, you know we have uh, some congressional leaders that are in their seventies getting close to the eighties that really uh, pay attention to Indian country and try and tries to help but it, again I, I think when you take and put age before the wisdom uh, in Indian country, an elder never retires uh, you know we we have elders uh, um, red Cloud. In, in his 80s, preaching to tribal council about the treaties. I mean, we have Marcella LeBeau, who in her 90s took up the, the uh, mantle to remove the medals for those given to the soldiers at the massacre of Wounded Knee. So age really doesn't have anything to do uh, if, if you have that wisdom with it.
0: Thanks, O.J. Sandy, I'm going to go back to you because you've actually spoken out against businesses that convince people that aging is bad. Uh, You know, I'm thinking about people that, you know, buy these vitamins and drugs and cosmetic surgery. It's this whole effort to forestall aging. What are your criticisms and, and what is the answer to that relentless pressure on people? Because there really is this notion in society that young is better.
6: Absolutely. And I'm going to pick up on your last words there that this is something that's operating at the societal level um, where, you know, if you've built an entire society based on sort of ever expanding growth, um, um, you know, just the, the that valorizes youth in so many ways, um, then Questions about aging are going to seem like a crisis, particularly when we're in a moment of a whole workforce aging and a whole population aging. So this quest for just like infinite all the time, whether it's the sense of infinite land of indigenous peoples or infinite life. Um, There's this whole group of billionaires that are investing real dollars, billions and billions of dollars into finding a cure for aging or for infinite life. And so something is happening there for me, anyway, as I look at it at a much deeper level um, that I think we definitely need to look at. And maybe this is an opportune time, uh, given the questions that are at hand, um, Um, because it's not really about aging, even the the idea of wisdom as uh, OJ was saying, but even the issue of fitness to lead should not really be just a question, a single factor of aging. I think a lot of the conversation was animated by Nikki Haley, who's like 52, right? Um, But she also believes the United States has never been a racist country. She refuses to acknowledge that the civil war is about slavery. So (laughs) if she's not, um, I don't think doing herself or the question about aging and mental fitness much good by her positions. Um, But yeah, I really like the way that uh, OJ has talked about how The idea of elders in most indigenous communities is not associated even with a chronological age. It's often an honorific bestowed to people that are really living according to the cherished values of that community, Um, so somebody with wisdom.
0: Thank you, Sandy. We're going to take a short break here and we will be back more with Sandy and O.J. and our other guests. We've got Dave Baldridge on the line in New Mexico and Billy Tohi, who is in Oklahoma. We're going to continue this conversation on aging and what does it mean uh, in, in indigenous communities and in native communities. What's it all about? And uh, I'd like to get some calls going. Let us know. What are your thoughts? Have you ever been told that you were too old to a job? To do a job, or perform a job, call us. 1-800-996-2848. Have you ever felt like your thoughts or ideas were discounted or dismissed because you were older? 1-800-996-2848. How about this? Have you ever been mocked or made fun of because you were older? 1-800-996-2848. Tell us how it made you feel. Or maybe you want to share a different perspective. Tell us how your community honors its elders, celebrates age-affluent people, and seeks their wisdom and guidance. one 800 Nine nine six two eight four eight. Land given to selected universities by the federal government a century and a half ago continues to earn substantial dividends. In many cases, the government took that land out from under the tribes already living there. We'll look at a new investigation by the publication Grist that tallies the money those land-grant colleges collect. That's on the next Native America Calling.
4: Support by the American Indian College Fund. The American Indian College Fund provides millions of dollars of scholarships to thousands of Native students every year. Tribal citizens of every age and experience are eligible. The deadline for applications is May 31st, and you can find everything you need to apply at collegefund.org. That's collegefund.org or by phone at
0: 800-766-FUND. Education is the answer. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. Indigenous views on aging is our focus today. Does age affect a person's ability to lead or perform in the workplace? That's a key question that we're discovering and we're unraveling today. Let us know your thoughts, 1-800-996-2848. And let's continue with Dr. Sandy Grande, Professor of Political Science in Native American and Indigenous Studies at the University of Connecticut. And Sandy, this issue is also personal for you. Um, you're currently taking care of your father, who's in his 90s. And after taking care of your parents, what insights have you learned uh, about the aging process and what it means for us as Indigenous people?
6: Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, and a shout-out to all the caregivers out there um, because it's, it's uh, challenging work, not because of our elders or, or the people that we love, um, but the society that sort of makes that work so difficult. Um, So, yeah, I care for my mom until she passed in 2014. Uh, She was 83, and my dad just turned 96 a couple uh, weeks ago, and he's pretty vibrant, thankfully. Um, But it was my experience mostly with my mom. Um, She had a sense of herself as an elder getting more powerful as she aged, and yet we encountered the society, and the two of us eventually, when I was taking her to doctor's appointments, um... They only could see her as weaker and at some point they didn't even see her. They would talk to me, even though she was sitting right there or they would talk about her in the third person. So it was almost she became like completely erased. And so I started thinking about the difference between her sense of herself as becoming ever more powerful as an elder, as she kind of reached and got closer to the spirit world and to to being an ancestor and what that meant Um, and means to us as a people and this other kind of world we were trying to navigate that was, um, you know, just really trying to erase her existence or devalue her existence. Um, and I do think, and that's what led me to sort of this real difference in the level of societal values um, where everything were taught from early on that, you know, again, never-ending growth everything faster quicker and stronger is always better if not we'll inherit supremacy over everything considered slower measured and weaker and it's in that sort of broader ideology that i think we learn to see aging and older adults and then we group elders in there who just become like failed subjects of a workforce or productive society rather than seeing all them through the experience and the wisdom That they gain which is tremendous they're often the knowledge keepers and the cultural brokers in our communities as well and that's priceless absolutely priceless
0: and and sandy that's something i have heard some people mention with this whole argument regarding the presidential candidates is okay so maybe you know they don't speak quite as quickly as they used to but what about the empathy that they have learned and earned perhaps uh their wisdom you know those types of things isn't there data that those, those skills and those attributes actually increase as we get older?
6: Absolutely. And a good part of being, I think, or or an important part of being a leader is making sure you're surrounding yourself um, with others. Um, and others, uh, you know, uh, you, you're you such a good relative um, to other people that they want to be around you. They want to help you. They want to support you, help you enact your vision and things like that. So a, a leader, That's a, that's what I'm interested in, a leader. A leader that can be such um, a good relative, a good relation, that people want to support them, that they build bridges, that people want to support their vision, so they don't have to do everything all by themselves. That's, that in and of itself, I think, is a flawed idea.
0: And Sandy, your people, the Kachua, what are their views on aging as well as the process of dying and death?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar as, as I've been saying, that you know there's a sense of um, worlds are connected so, so for us there's multiple worlds in motion all the time um, which might be challenging for others to understand but there's um, you know we have a word uh, pacha for earth but that's also the word for like cosmos and universe and even consciousness and a different kind of space time so the world's in motion uh, you know I don't want to get too well there's a kai pacha, hanakacha uh, ukupacha and only very young uh, people that are, um, you know, babies and elders are the only ones that are understood to be able to travel through the different worlds. Um, and so for that reason, they're understood to be very powerful and close to each other, you know, close to each other in, in how we understand the universe. And that through everything working, all those relations, like your task in life is to, to try to create balance among the worlds and with each other and stability and health, that's the notion of wellness. It isn't whether you can pass a memory test. the notion of wellness is much more global um, and we all have responsibilities to each other, to our, you know, more than human kin, to our ancestors, um, to the land, to relatives, to maintain that kind of wellness. And the people that are most critical in helping us to do that um, our elders are critical to helping us cultivate harmony um, or we would say sumakausai which is sort of a translation of a life of, of life well lived in general
0: Thanks, Sandy. Let's hear now from Dave Baldridge uh, with the International Association of Indigenous Aging. And Dave, hello again. Now, you've been a longtime advocate for Native elders. I remember being a student at the University of New Mexico in the early 1990s, and you came to speak at a class that I was in. And uh, tell us more. I mean, just what drives you to do this work, and, and what have you gained with regard to insights w- with how we as Native people age and the issues we face?
3: Well, Uh, very clearly Indian elders have changed the course of my life, and they have changed my life. Two or three of them have been extraordinary examples. If I could mention them, one is a man named Gilbert Towner. He's a Siletz Indian who died a a few years ago in northern Idaho. Uh, Gilbert was an angry young man, and at the boarding school he was at Chamawa, uh, he and a few other boys would sneak down to the river and with homemade drums would do their own drumming at night. Well, inevitably they were caught by the school authorities who decided to make an example out of him. And so they called a the school assembly and called these boys out to the center of the floor and said, okay, now dance. They were gonna embarrass them, humiliate them. Well, Gilbert and the other boys began to dance, and before you know it, the students were pouring out of the stands and joined them on the floor. And it was a moral victory for Indian country that day. And I've several examples like that of Gilbert's extraordinary
0: leadership just by being the elder he was. Well, Dave, I mean, what is it about Native people? Because like we talked about earlier, there's this overall trend in the larger society, like, okay, it's it's better to be young. Being old, it's something to, to avoid. We don't want that. What is it that we as Native people understand uh, that the rest of the population could benefit from knowing?
3: Well, I think the fact that, you know, tribes around the country, uh, Indians everywhere, continue to honor elders, speaks a great deal about our culture and our our feelings about aging our feelings about each other and our feelings about the world and we have elders who lead us often not with verbal leadership or public leadership but by example and by their their love of the world and their love of other people and their love of indian country uh, it's an irreplaceable resource that is becoming more
0: and more scarce around the united states thank you thank you dave and dave i also want to ask you because i i feel like there's kind of this tug of war right we have this idea well, we, but yes elders are important in their their wisdom and their guidance but at the same time we need to hear the voices of our youth we need to reach out to our younger people and hear their insights and their perspectives they will be the leaders and the elders of tomorrow how do we as native people find that balance between equal respect and regard for both voices, our elderly, our age affluent, our seniors, and our younger citizens and tribal members?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think around the country, the more we can create positive interactions between elders and younger people, the better off we'll all be. Certainly youth will benefit from it. And elders have prove to us again and again that they're willing and able to step out and participate and serve as examples. They lead us by, by personal, uh, personal capability and personal belief uh, more than they might lead us through articulate speeches. But it's equally important, if not more important, to follow their example and interact with them. Mm. Those are my thoughts.
0: Now Dave, you've also been recently diagnosed with dementia and tell us a little bit about that how has dementia affected your daily life?
3: Oh gosh well it was it's one of the huge ironies of my life. Here's a guy who's out leading the charge in many ways and being a national leader about Alzheimer's and dementia and related uh, relate, alzheimer's and related dementias and he is affected by dementia, and it, uh, you know, it came upon me, and there really isn't anything I can do about it except uh, keep trying. And I think that's what elders around the country, Indian elders especially, really need to do is just keep keep stepping out the best we can, keep being uh, uh, verbal, keep being present being an example, and uh, it's
0: a huge duty. Dave, thanks so much for, for chiming in here in our conversation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when you came to that class that I was at at UNM all those years ago, I believe you shared that you were the captain of your high school football team, quarterback in Los Alamos. Is that right?
5: <laughs>
0: yeah, I had a, <laughs> I, I had a very...
3: A non-native type of upbringing in Los Alamos, New Mexico, the home of the atomic bomb, Uh, Mm -hmm. a bunch of very, very bright students. But uh, those youth experiences, uh, I was unique as one of the only Indians in my high school class of 250, 300 kids. And uh, it never was a barrier back then because we didn't know any different. We just cared about each
0: other, and it's worked out tremendously. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dave. Really appreciate all your wisdom, all your guidance, all your experience. Let's go to the phones now. Chanupa up in Pine Ridge, South Dakota, on Keeley. How are you doing, Chanupa?
8: Hey, I'm doing okay, and this is a great topic you brought in. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get that established yesterday, but that's okay. Listen, this is what we have as elders. Because I'm one. I'm 66 winters old. They say this in our term, in our language. They say, "Toka taki ni unkunte hunter, ma unse pekele unkiu happy, wa kenge tixi kala he wona uki hena ucha kute. Na ampeto anje uchoe cha ke ke he itiu <in> pe hunter. Takomuni wa kani ochlate hichunsi ya our people have always told us that if we didn't listen to the way they've done things from time immemorial, okay, we were going to not ever be like them. So today's generation, now that you see all the criteria of, of drugs and alcohol, the babies, I heard the young lady talk about that, the babies, and she will agree with me. That's what we call them. the small ones, okay? They can. See, afterlife. the same with elders. I see a lot of things in my time at this age. So that's why I slowed down and backed up. And, brother, if you can speak the language or learn of the language, which you just asked a gentleman uh, about, he can beat his criteria of sickness is dementia and Alzheimer's all these things are created by the system. They weren't created by the great mystery and Mother Earth. So back to you Sean and thank you for having me on today's subject. okay from Pine Ridge.
0: Hokkahey, thank you for chiming in, Chanupa. Really appreciate those insights. And let's bring Billy Tohee into our conversation now. She is the acting executive director with the National Indian Council on Aging and she's in Oklahoma. Billy, hello again, and, and thank you for joining us. And uh, you know, there's this phrase we hear often, Billy: "Aging out." And I'm always kind of, I always feel weird when I hear that phrase, "Aging out." I mean, is it ages perhaps to think that someone is too old to hold a job or a position?
7: Well, that's very interesting, um, Sean. Because uh, first of all, I uh, I have lived a a traditional life with my Oto, Missouri, a people in Oklahoma as much as possible. And as we all know, that um, in order to su- survive in mainstream society, we are faced with our traditional lives, and we also have to str- straddle over to the mainstream society of employment, education, things of that nature. And so I just want to uh, a- tell a little bit about myself so that people might know where I'm coming from. I received my bachelor's degree from the University of New Mexico in political science, and I received my master's degree from the University of Oklahoma uh, Law School in indigenous law. So living in both worlds is uh, just something that we are faced with today, and to be honest, I'm hoping I've done a good job. I'm also an elder, and I just want to touch on... um, In fact, some of the discussions here are just just amazing, just amazing to hear. And I agree with everybody pretty much. And I just wanted to touch on um, kind of improvements with age. I don't want to show any negativity of any kind, because, but I do know that it's very detrimental when it does come to employment. Just recently, uh, I worked for my tribe, and recently I saw a gentleman in the late 60s put on, what do you call that, suspension because of whatever uh, insubordination or something. And it, it actually scared me. I felt bad for him that, oh, no, if he gets let go, where is he going to go? That was his life. This is his livelihood. So the age factor there is really, uh, it's real, it's there. We, we don't always, uh, those employment opportunities aren't always accessible as we know. And so that's a very, very uh, important part of our lives. I also wanna to touch on you know, some of the benefits that we associate with aging. It may be due to their survival effect. Those who become older are the survivors and are more resilient. Others may die from diseases, accidents, suicide, substance abuse, other reasons beyond their control. Those older survivors are less likely to be depressed or have substance abuse problems than many of the younger counterparts. I think that um, emotional intelligence and social intelligence generally Billy.
0: I'm sorry we're going to have to take a short break but uh, we'll be right back more with Billy Tohey on Native America Calling after this break
4: are you a Native American health care provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a six-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is March 24, 2023. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show.
0: You're listening to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. Still time to join this conversation about aging. Our number is 1-800-996-2848. You can also leave a comment on our social media pages or our website to continue the dialogue and let's continue our conversation with our, our guest, Billy Tohee. And Billy, before break, you were talking about the benefits of aging and how in some ways we improve as we get older.
7: Right, exactly. And I think it's very important to look at this concept and uh, examine it a little more, uh, hopefully to spread awareness that there are are improvements with age and things that come along with uh, important things in our lives, such as the uh, upcoming election, which will um, affect our lives across the nation. So I look at on that note, I look at um, in emotional intelligence and social intelligence, which they do improve with age. And older people have less emotional validity and
3: uh,
7: better understanding of relationships. And we figured out strategies for all different kinds of situations in our during our lifetimes. To me, Sean, that's what we call wisdom. And so, and then also, you know, uh, as a person ages, a longer response time, it gives an older person more time to think through the problem and give a considered, uh, more tactful response, as opposed to um, reaching anxiety effects. A a younger person may... um, may uh, find themselves in the situations. But with uh, getting older, sure, there's a disadvantage in situations. And one example is maybe uh, driving in traffic. That's going to play a part in that and our judgment and things like that of that nature. But then, again, on the other hand, I believe that a longer response time gives an older person more time to think through the problem and give a considered response that decreases impulsivity. Uh, We recognize cause and effect of different situations that's gained through life experience. We get more adept at handling a wide variety of problems, um, which also may allow for more tolerance overall. And so, with the upcoming elections, as we know throughout Indian country, there are so many important issues that elders face. And uh, some of them are caregiving, some of them are just uh, your, they're all day to day issues. Caregiving, we have, um, you know, uh, Social Security, Medicare, things of that nature, we have long term service. Uh, services that need to be offered, need to be funded more. Um, and I do appreciate that in the Biden administration that there have been offered uh, the Winter uh, White House uh, Summit for Native Americans. And consultation is, seems to be a little bit more uh, made aware of and that the their administration, the Biden administration, has offered new policies regarding Mm -hmm. consultations with Native Americans across the nation. So I appreciate that. When it comes to the age, personally, I'm going to go on a personal note here. This is not NICOA talking. It's Billy Tohe. But, um, yes, I am concerned with the age of the candidates, um, Mr. President Biden and former President Donald Trump, because I think um, it is detrimental that we look at their health, their mental capacity things of that nature and I think those things, uh, they do affect a person's leadership. And so as a native elder and knowing the issues across the nation that need to be addressed and, and uh, I just think that it plays a very important role of their, their mental and their physical capacities of, to be in leadership. And I know. I'm, of course, we're all aware of the different cabinets and and uh, divisions and departments, things of that nature that they rely on. But still, on a personal note and as an individual uh, candidate, then yes, I am concerned myself. So, but but also I know that these issues across the nation, they need to be uh, have more awareness and need to be have consultations and. To be effective, a Native elder, uh, any elder, any Native, they need to the vote. They need to get out and vote. And I think a lot of that is uh, we need to work on that. And that's I've always been on the, the soapbox of voter registration, and I'll do the same thing now, right. no matter what age. So it's all very important to me, Sean.
0: Thank you so much, Billy. really appreciate your wisdom and uh all of your great insights. Let's take another call Colleen listening on k u n m in Albuquerque you're on the show Colleen
9: uh, ya yeah, thank you for taking my call. um I just wanted to share that um, just the navajo perspective on um on age and just within our um our paradigm, our view of this world, um, the, the hogan kind of represents our life cycle. And so when someone enters the door, they're entering where um, <clears throat> it represents infancy. And then as you move, shabak um, eko in a clockwise motion, the path of the sun, you go to the south. And that's kind of the young, the young age <clears throat> and early adulthood. And then as you move towards the west, that's, that represents um, the west side of the Hogan, represents Middle Age. And so when you get halfway to that point, um, that's about 52 years, and then you continue north, and as you come back to the doorway again, that actually represents 104 years in life. And so they say that part of the reason we have our puberty ceremonies Uh, for the men and the women, is to make that offering so that we can live to be 104 years old. And that's our life cycle. And I think it's really interesting, too, that because it ties into um, our concept of time, um, which is related to the Pleiades. And so I think it's also interesting that um, even the Aztec calendar, um, its cycle of 52 years, that's one lifetime. Two cycles of 52 years, that's two lifetimes. So if you reach 104, you've lived two 52-year cycles on those calendars. And, and that correlation to the stars is not just Aztec, but it's even the Polynesians, even the Hawaiians, based their time on the Pleiades being directly overhead at midnight, which is what we as Navajos do. So um, I just wanted to share that. And um, I think that our elders are uh, very special, especially because they did make it. They did survive. And I'm always praying for my loved ones um, and I pray for all the elders out there too. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Oh, Colleen, that's just a great call. Beautiful words. And I, I think we can all aspire to that 104 years of life. Beautiful. Beautiful. Another caller, uh, McCaw, who is listening online in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hello, Macaw.
10: Hi there. Um, yeah, I, I have family in the States and I pay attention to what's going on and, uh, just an observation um like within the native cultures i think it goes across across the country is that there's the there's the thinking about the future generations and i'm just recalling when biden was campaigning and he was going to help us with the climate crisis and he referred to uh, his granddaughter and his granddaughter had was bugging him and she knew, she listened to Greta Spoonberg, and she knew what was going on with the climate crisis. And she was, you know, speaking as a young person and say, hey, this is our future grandpa. You know, I hope you follow through about the climate crisis. And he hasn't at all. He's he, he's authorizing more oil drilling than Trump did. So I just, I don't know. I'm just noticing that. And, yeah, it's it's a the, the whole election business in the States. One of my friends says the, the American politics are garbage. That's a that's our Canadian viewpoint. So there's there's <laughs> okay. a lot of
9: obstacles. Right.
10: There's a lot of challenges going on here. But
0: I don't know, Macaw. Okay. You might get some fired up people down here in the states there. <laughs> but I really appreciate that call and chiming in. It's always good to hear from our brothers and sisters north of the border. Uh, we've got time for for another caller here, Eric, listening on K I Y E in lapway idaho Nez Perce reservation hello eric go wildcats
11: hey how you doing and thanks again sean and uh first off i'd just like to thank, thank dave your earlier caller about gilbert counter and that uh, memory that he shared and uh, he's from here in lapway and passed away here and he was a veteran too as well and a marine veteran at that and, and triple heart and somebody i looked up to a lot and so i appreciate that his all in his memory but uh, I wanted just to say that coming from somebody that has been in I guess a leadership role and seeing it develop over time and then looking at I'll give you two things I guess real quick would be one I my little brother was elected to that as the youngest chairman of our tribe or one of them and you know he had to you know absorb a lot you know and he was educated and well-rounded and that sort of thing and you know, over time, you just got out of politics and got into being an executive director. But um, I see that when you're in a long time, and this is what we're having now, is that um, we have our tribal elections coming up in in May, and some of our tribal younger folks are thinking that, you know, some of our people in position now have been in there so long that it's just getting stagnant, if you will, I guess, for lack of a better way of describing it. And So um, they want to see change and they want to have younger folks in there. And at the same time, you know, you have different demographics that vote for families and that sort of thing. And so it gets tough, you know, in these election times. And I respect that I put my name out there before and wasn't elected. But, you know, at the same time, I still hold a position as, as a chairman of our Fish and Wildlife Commission. And so I seek out the elders because I think they've lived that life of, understanding and hard hardships and so they can offer that to you and like no other person can you know and so I really look to them in, t- in that way and then the younger folks they're they're wanting their voices heard and so I see a lot more outspokenness and a lot you know you see social media wasn't like that back in the day but now you have it and so it really puts it out there for people to you know look at things in a different manner and the young voice wants to be heard and and then to get their foot in the door, you know, you have to go through these tribal election processes that are in place. And, All right. you know, they have that platform. So, you know, I just wanted to say that, that you know, the it's a, yeah, a very good topic today. And I appreciate the time. And uh, thanks again, Sean, for your time today. But yeah, cool. yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate you too, Eric. Thanks for calling in. O.J., I want to go back to you. And let's talk a little bit about this on a more personal level. I mean, just what about your own age? And and, and, we're all getting older. We're all getting older. And, and what does it mean to you uh, as you're aging and how has your perspective personally changed?
5: Well, you know, I hit 68 years old. I, I really don't consider myself an elder. Um, I I still consider myself very young. Uh, But, you know, I, I actually do two things. I, I look for, bright, intelligent young people, and I want to hear what they have to say because me being older, I'm able to express some things that they may not be able to express. You know, one is, um, you know, bring our language back. It was the younger generation that actually got together, figured out how to get funding where we have ourselves the Lakota Immersion School. And so, I mean, yes, Elders are very important, but they also, uh, like uh, uh, Billy said earlier, they also listen to the younger generation. It doesn't mean we know all because time's always changing. Uh, I I guess one story I'll make it quick is to kind of help people relate is, like, my wife, she's 78. Um, She basically is very active in getting out the vote, setting up presidential forums. I mean, we're really involved in it. And she works very closely, not only with our our children, our grandchildren, but I can guarantee you, and even me, when I talk about my mother, if it got to the point where she was telling me something and I said, mom, you're too old, you can't tell me no more, I would have to run very, very fast, as would my children or my grandchildren if they ever said that to their grandmother. So... It's one of those where you as an individual actually have your own guidance that you can get within your own family of elders to, to see what's happening. And one more thing I'm going to say is elders get kinder as they get older. And if you want to look at this election, you compare the kindness offered by one candidate and that offered by another. And so age does have something to do with it, but it has a lot to do with moving forward in the future, bringing our young people into it.
0: So thank you. Thank you, OJ. Sandy, I'm going to go back to you for our last word. We've got about a minute before we have to wrap up. And any other insights, any other perspectives or any other thoughts you want to share about aging with our listeners today?
7: Well, I
6: just want to thank uh, O.J. and Dave and Billy. I certainly learned a lot and benefited from their words uh, in this conversation. And, and thank you for uh, organizing us. Um, I really like the idea of, you know, distinguishing or looking at kindness um, as, as a quality of an elder and, and making that distinction between some people come, become elders and other people just, just get old. Um, and there is that difference. And that's something we can... Um, look out for. And then also beyond the individual level, I do think we're at a moment in society, particularly as the planet, we're making the planet age, I should say, by overconsumption. And so it's a really um, opportune time for all of us to rethink the kinds of relationships between, you know, aging and leadership and this idea of fitness raise, you know, between work and existence, um, between growth economic growth and production and wage labor and aging, et cetera, um, because old age is not the diagnosis here. And and as I said before, elders are not failed subjects of a productivist society. I think in all the ways that we talk about elders here today, it's really clear to me that they're the future.
0: Well, folks, that is uh, the end of our time for Native America Calling Today. Thank you to all of our guests, O.J. Seaman Sr., Dr. Sandy Grande, Dave Baldridge, and Billy Tohe. Join us again tomorrow for a look at land-grant universities and their role in Native land dispossession. Until then, thank you for listening to the one, the only, Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce.
4: Pursuing a degree in higher education is attainable, and with a scholarship from Native Forward Scholars Fund, it is more affordable. From aerospace to veterinary medicine, as the largest direct scholarship provider to Native students in the U.S., Native Forward has empowered over 22,000 students from over 500 tribes in all 50 states in pursuit of their undergraduate, graduate, and professional degrees. Info and applications at nativeforward.org. Who support this show. How me Piki. February is American Heart Month. Protect your heart by eating healthy, staying active, and managing stress. Heart disease can run in families, so talk with your elders about your family history. For more information, contact your Indian health care provider, visit healthcare.gov or call one 800 a message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Oh, that's it
0: Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico, by Quantic Broadcast Corporation, a native non-profit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.